Welcome to podcast 215 from the Wiggly Wigglers podcast team in Lower Blakemere Farm, Blakemere. I'm Heather. And I'm Farmer Phil. And if you want to listen to our show and you're wondering what it's all about, it's about country, farming, gardening. It's the good life, maybe. Love, cats, chickens, cockerels. Rural stuff in general. And we talk about things that other people don't talk about, too. We're not frightened. We cut through it all. We go for faux pas. We go for taboos. We talk about TB. We talk about how to be green if we want to. We are going to talk about what we want to. Now, somebody emailed me. No, they didn't. They tweeted and said, this is really weird and good. I thought, I can live with that. Yeah, weird. You know how how we uh, get invited to stuff? Yes. Well, I've been invited to the Guild of Agricultural Journalists uh, free go at all the potential agriculture ministers in the middle of this month. Congratulations, Tom That has to be one of the best blags that you could ever imagine. Includes lunch, I hasten to add. Ideal. Well, you are an agricultural journalist, Farmer Phil. Well, I suppose I am, but I don't think of myself as one. The thing is, citizen journalism is here. It's here to stay. We are it. We're at the cutting edge of technology, podcasting, and all that stuff. Thing is, also, we will deliver to you take-homes. If you don't finish this show having not learnt something you didn't know about before, had a bit of a chuckle or felt good about this morning, we haven't done our job. So you can email me, heather at wigglywigglers.co.uk or pwg at lowerblakemere.co.uk. Our website is www.wigglywigglers.co.uk. Our Twitter is at wiggled. At Farmer Phil with no E. And that's enough of all that. Let's get on to the show. This week we're going to learn how Farmer Phil has finally cracked the council. He's beaten <laughs> them down. He's worn through. He has got them where he wants them. I wouldn't go as far as to say that. <laughs> how many years has it been since In the Cowshed at Night? You can listen to that podcast. It's a show right at the beginning of our podcast days when Farmer Phil first set out his plan, which was to get his beef served on local plates. Gosh, that's ages ago. That is years ago. We're going to find out about that. We've had the new catalogue land on the doorstep, so we're going to find out the best products. But I want to share with you, dear listener, some feedback on last week's show. Michael's feedback is... For God's sake, will you get the machine the right distance from the people and stop making me have clipped files? Farmer Phil, what is your response to the recording of you and Monty in the Trocator last week? Atmosphere, darling. Atmosphere was what we captured. Why doesn't he understand? Well, the trouble is that when Michael looks at the uh, sound profile of a file and it's just black... That means to him it's distorted, there's background noise, and there's all those things that make up atmosphere. (laughs) And as a sound engineer, he hates it. But I think he might have just about forgiven me because he thought I was recording it in the yard. Hmm. Anyway, uh, Michael? Carousel at night, number 25. 
in the carry shed at night was number 25. So if you'd like to go and listen back to that and then think about the dream that Farmer Phil had of getting beef locally supplied. We'd never, ever at that point killed our own beasts and eaten them on the farm. Gosh, we've made progress. Anyway, the thing is, last week's show, you can listen to Farmer Phil and Monty in the tractor and you can find out how many revs (laughs) Farmer Phil's tractor has. (laughs) Or not. Exactly. But here's my bit. Thank you to Jane Hickman, who I apologised to last week, put the whole show together, especially for her, with the tea section. You have eaten a tump of humble pie. I have. And if you want to know what I did wrong... You need to go back to podcast 213 and check it out. I mean, you know, I still think it's funny, but I'm sorry anyway. Dear Heather, says Jane, comment on podcast. Thank you. I've just listened to the latest show and I'd like to thank you for the apology you gave. All that and tea too. What more could I ask for? Now, I'd love to stand around here all day chatting, but I've got a wiggly order to place. Good girl. So please excuse me for keeping this brief. Thanks once again. Regards, Jane. P.S. Good luck with finding Ricardo's off switch. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we found it, Jane, because this week we banned him from coming. (laughs) He's somewhere or other doing some strategic review of a pilot scheme of making people green up on a hill for some unknown reason, taking the government's money, not that I'm bitter, get over it. Alternatively, he's just somewhere poaching on some riverbank or pond bank. He could be fishing. (laughs) He could... on the telly 25th of February 2010 in case you're listening in 2019 I'm now 54 gosh anyway the thing is did you see us on the telly because we were on my dream farm you know Monty Don is a little bit controversial on the Wiggly podcast but I gotta say this was the program that was fantastic wasn't it Farmer Phil and I was in it. I think that's what's called a cameo role, is it? <laughs> Trundling down the path, just desperate to get on screen, is Farmer Phil and his tractor. No, no, I want to show them flowers, joy, florists, shed, foliage. But no, there he is with his fertiliser spreader on. Oh. I've had several comments about my appearance in the film, I must say. From other farmers, Phil. (laughs) From other farmers. Anyway, the thing is, thank you to Jen and Beck for coming and getting us on the programme. We were mentors and, you know, we were pleased to help if we possibly could. And they did a lovely job, bloominggreenflowers.co.uk themselves. And it looked like they did fantastic wedding flowers too. Obviously, whether they're as good as ours, who knows? Um, But if you would like to watch it, how do people do that? Um, Channel 4 have an on-demand website 
where you can stream it and watch it again. You've got 23 days left to watch it from today. Unless you're in 2019. Unless you're in 2019, in which case I'm afraid you probably missed it. But we've probably, by then, found a way of historically finding things online. So if you are listening in 2019, have a go. Search on My Dream Farm 2010 Wiggly Wigglers and you never know. Maybe. But anyway, as of today, dot channel 4 as in 4 numeral dot com forward slash programs forward slash my dash dream dash farm forward slash 4 numeral OD <laughs> snappy <Got that? laughs> why don't you just put 4 OD into Google Michael Wiggly Podcast 184 was your interview with Jen and Beck Wiggly Podcast 184 was indeed There's our some interview serious cross referencing going Beck. on today isn't there? <laughs> we're smooth here we, are, here we have our latest iTunes review and for those of you who placed a Wiggly bouquet the next day thank you very much there was literally hundreds of you we're very grateful for all your orders and if you need flowers to send to anyone in the uk if you pop your order online before four or give us a call it will be with your mum or mate or friend or lover the next day wiggly owed five stars for which thank you very much by pruning lover There once was a group called the Wigglers who discuss all agricultural and organic. Banter and de-laughter and taking the mick result in a podcast that wiggles. It doesn't rhyme. There's a bit of scanning issue there, but I've got the gist <laughs> hey, of it. Hey, I'm grateful. As I'm a few podcasts behind, I don't yet know whether the new cockerel has been named. How about the obvious suggestion of Kellogg's? Done. Kellogg's it is. I've already referred to him as Kellogg's on my Facebook group, so thank you to... Pruning Lover. For that great name, Kellogg's he is. He's the right colour, he's the right sort. He is now Kellogg's. Thank you very much. Any more? I've got one more, which again, I'm pleased to say is five stars. Thank you very much. And this is from Digger07. Now, I don't know whether that means he's three or whether he registered his Digger Detail, darling. 07, but anyway, Detail. Digger07. Found your site a couple of weeks ago and downloaded all the podcasts. <laughs> oh, no. Just spent <laughs> two weeks listening to them on holiday. <laughs> hmm. My granddad was a Dales farmer, and it's interesting to hear Phil talk about modern farming and Richard about conservation. I don't know about Richard being interesting, but anyway. Don't know what granddad would have made of all the science... He just used experience and a feel for the weather and nature. No need for Monsanto in his day. All the other members of the cast team provide great information in an easy-to-manage format. Keep up the great work. Well, thank you very much indeed for that. OK, let's get on to the nitty-gritty. Farmer Phil, back in 06, we discussed the fact that you would like to have your beef on local folks' plates and how could you do that? And we had an evening called In the Cowshed at Night where you showed local folks round your cowshed. It was good. It was, but had I known at the time how previous it was going to be in terms of being able to provide my meat locally. I, yeah, I think you promised a few boxes in a few weeks, actually. <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> at the time, it all seemed quite straightforward. But, of course, 
What we were set out at that point, um, with the help of the Duchy of Cornwall, and I have to say that without the help of Prince Charles and the rest of the team at the Duchy, particularly David Curtis and Claire Watson, we would never have even got this off the ground. We would have lost the will to live some years ago. So my handy hint for you, dear listener, is if you are growing your own cattle and want to provide local beef into your local community, you need a prince on board. (laughs) That's the only way it's achievable. You need a prince on board. We've got one to hire, I suppose. Well, he's quite keen. He is. Um, And if you need him, you can contact him on prince.charles.com. I'm only joking. (laughs) Anyway, when we first looked into the the thing, the fairly obvious problem was carcass utilisation, i.e. cows come in one piece so that you can't just buy fillet steak or topside and all the rest of it and so consequently we set off wanting to supply a variety of markets with our own beef locally just a minute people don't just eat fillet steak they eat oxtail and mince and they eat all sorts of that's right but they eat it in all different ratios so different bits go to different places so that the schools don't tend to eat fillet steak but restaurants and housewives tend to eat more fillet steak than they will eat of, say, brisket or whatever else. Housewives? Housewives? Is there any wife married to a house now? (laughs) How very dare you, you housewives? You know what I mean. That is a typical farmer thing, isn't it? To refer to the customer as a housewife. You Take that back, Father I do Phil. take that back. Rewind, Michael. <laughs> so, private consumers... <laughs> so, anyway, the upshot of, of this thinking was that we had to find a way of balancing the different potential markets of our meat. Now, part of that balance was schools. Well, we said we'll put them in a box. That's right. We'll have a box of mixed beef that people can buy. But in in amongst this, we wanted to include schools. Now, schools were not going to buy a mixed box of beef because it was of no use to them. But what they would buy were minced beef and topside and things that fitted into school dinners. And so, to cut a long story short, we spent... A lot of time learning how food is procured for school consumption in Herefordshire (laughs) and we found that it is one of the most complicated and tedious logistical nightmares that you have ever seen in your life. Let me think. A Herefordshire school is based in the countryside. It's surrounded by fields of varying products and varying items of delicious food. It has a place to compost its waste all would seem to be rosy in the garden. So you go out and you source your delicious food from your farmers. You get Auntie Nell, who used to be at my school, to cook it up. The kids eat it and then you take it out the back and you put it into a wiggly rydan or a wormery and you compost the waste, put it on your garden, grow your own veggies as a school. Exactly my thoughts when I started and I was swiftly re-educated that Herefordshire has the reputation of being the hardest county in England, at any rate, for supplying food into it because of the contracts that exist between the council and the catering companies who cook the food up for the schools. 
And it is just a complete nightmare. The councils are busy shutting down school kitchens because they want to have one kitchen supplying a number of schools. And then they argue about the cost of moving meals around the county between the schools. And cookers. And nobody will look after the kitchens and some are falling down. And then you'll find a school with a thousand kids and there's only room in the dining hall for 300 at a time. And all this nightmare, absolute chaos. And I'm afraid we haven't cured the chaos although we have sort of gone a long way to finding out about it and we have brought it sort of much higher to the top of the pile. If you are Herefordshire Council's person responsible for the chaos could I apologise on behalf of Farmer Phil for in any way offending you and say thank you very much for uh, uh, starting to sort it out and please don't cross him off the list of approved beef people yet. Well what we've actually this last fortnight finally concluded is that we are supplying probably the largest of the, the three main contractors who feed Herefordshire schools. What's the name of them? AIP, Alliance I don't want them to be called AIP. I want them to be called Farmer Foods are Best <laughs> for Schools or something. <laughs> well, I'm afraid that uh, that is how it is. Right. The Allied. Alliance in Partnership. Right. And they are based at the... Uh, M5 towards Birmingham so that the food is organised from outside the county which seems barking mad but anyway that's how it is. Sorry again Mr Food Supplier who is responsible. But anyway the upshot is that our cattle go to Ensor's Abattoir which is just down the road at Cinderford and the meat from our animals is hung for three weeks and is butchered up properly and then it goes direct from the abattoir to each of the school kitchens. That's about as short a distance as you're going to travel it. Okay, so the beef has gone directly to the school. How does the school know that the beef is genuinely our cattle which have lived on this farm and Will Morgan's farm only and have been transported by your fair hands (laughs) in your little truck and trailer to Ensor's? Because for the first time, we will be able to give them, and in this case AIP, so the people responsible for cooking it, that information. And it will be backed up by the fact that I will no doubt visit the odd school from here and there, turn up at the taste sessions that they have. Isn't it packed so that you can trace it back? It'll be traceable in as much that, yes, they can tell from the packaging. Right. But more important than that, it'll have the personal thing that they instead of buying it from a wholesaler where it is just a piece of meat yeah. which would have a you could probably trace it with barcodes and all the rest of it but you'd no doubt lose the will to live along the way this will come in a box that says ensers on it it will not farmer phil it depends but the point will be that it, it is a special order it has that personal touch it's how it should be it's how business should be done in many ways I mean, I spoke to a vegetable grower on the Dutchy bus trip to Old Highgrove, our landlord's house, in fact, and he said the problem was that for the first bit, there was the eye candy moment of him delivering the vegetables and having the PR that this was now local vegetables into local schools, and after a few weeks, they just sourced the vegetables from somewhere else. Well, that, I believe, is the power of it being Farmer Phil's beef or another name dutchy tenants beef because if they stop taking our beef then 
we have the, the PR, where are you getting your beef from now? Are you telling the children that this is Farmer Phil's beef and it's not? We have a trust relationship with the abattoir, who we've known for some time, who has a lot of involvement with the duchy, and I suspect that if they play up too bad, the Prince of Wales will have something to say. I have no doubt that he will, or the duchy will say, this is not on. There you are. So the lesson learnt is, as I said, if you want to get local beef into schools, what you need, you need a landlord who is a prince. In our case, it's Prince Charles. What a star he is. Thank you very much, sir. You also have to remember <laughs> that to the caterer, to the people who it's cost in and cost out, it's a no-cost option. They are getting my beef of known provenance and correct hanging and all the rest of it and probably of better quality than a lot of what they were buying before for the same money because of the fewer middlemen involved. Exactly the same money. Exactly the same money. Right, and here's the question my dear listener wants to know, Farmer Phil. What's in it for you, chunky? Well, interestingly... What is in it for me are two things. One, on the school beef, I get a premium, so I'm getting more money than I get for animals sent into the normal food chain. How much more money, Farmer Phil? Between 3 and 5%. Right. Four, yes. <laughs> so, four then. Well, it... it <laughs> How can it be between 3 and 5%? What Because is it, it varies according to the total weight of the animal, so that I get 10p a kilo premium dead weight. Oh, and what is the average dead weight of an animal? Well, if it was 250 kilos, perhaps a bit less, that gives you an idea. So, so you get £25 extra? Yes. That's all? On that bit, but the, the fact that we're doing that then gives us an opportunity to sell the rest of the carcass, right. which is correspondingly more valuable because it tends to be the higher value cuts of meat. Now, we are now working on marketing that bit of the carcass that the schools don't want, and we've got one or two irons in the fire. I know who it is. Once we've got the situation in place where we can supply the schools, then that gives us the opportunity to market the rest of the carcass, which is for the most part, the more valuable bits of the carcass. I know where it's going, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, say no more, can't even say the initial, nothing at all, nothing. (laughs) Hopefully that will be one outlet, but it will allow us then to sell boxes of beef, but they will have fewer of the cheaper cuts in them, so that they will probably, or hopefully, be more attractive to the private customer, because it's always sort of said of boxes of beef, you end up with the bits that you don't want to eat as much. This is rubbish, because the thing is, the private customer these days has been Jamie Oliver. He's been, uh, he has been Gordon Ramsay. Or she. He has been Raymond Blanc. Voila, 37 voilas in last week's show. Voila. And he knows that oxtail is the most I think that's right, and I think that that's what, that's what will make that bit work. But at the same time, if you have several different outlets for several different bits of the carcass, it gives you flexibility. And my second lesson to you, dear listener, is don't stop buying the Wiggly products because poor old Farmer Phil has spent three years putting this effort into getting these boxes of beef and the school dinners, and well done, Farmer Phil. 
But what it's going to get currently is £25 extra per beast. So if you could just place that seed order to keep him in the manner that he's accustomed to, it will en enable him to go out and hopefully purchase a new padded shirt ready for next year. <laughs> this is my new padded shirt. Get out of it. This one's got no holes in at all. I don't know what to say except the one that you had on yesterday had more holes than was the shirt. That one is approaching the requirement to turn it round and wear the other side out. And if you think, dear listener, that Farmer Phil is raking it in on his cattle, uh, rethink. <laughs> Order your seed. He's got a new mix out. And the thing is, he's going to sell a lot of that, hopefully. And it's lovely to hear the news about the cattle. But Phil... I'm still going to have to go to work. <laughs> Nodding's not going to help on the show. <laughs> well, it's just a naive depressed me, really. <laughs> Never mind, that's good. Listen to this. That's the sound of the Wiggly catalogue landing on squillions of doorsteps all over the UK. Anyone who's got a postcode and has ordered off us in the last year, today is going to happen. And if you've not got one... Email me and get one, or go to the website and join up and you can get one. It's no problem at all. We'll send it out. And it's got, and it's got the great photo on the front of Layla. Caused a bit of shock in the troops, that, didn't it? I don't think Mary was quite so keen on the old idea of Layla on the kitchen worktop, was she? Michael's Mary was perfectly keen on the idea until Layla pooped. <laughs> and then she discussed with Michael the hygiene of Heather's kitchen and whether or not to have another cup of Earl Grey tea or not. And I think it may have put her off forever. So, But, I mean, I'm sure with Trumpers tea she'll get over it. <laughs> Looking through the catalogue, Farmer Phil... Anything that you love. Well, there's lots of things I love, as far as I'm personally concerned. Dear listener, I wonder if this will be something he produces. We've got two or three new birdie <laughs> delectables on offer. And there's a couple of new products for all you chicken fans out there. Look, we've had a lot of people asking us for organic chicken feed. Because their point is that they're feeding the chicken and then the egg comes out and then that would make the egg organic. What is your view? Well, as you know, I don't believe in organic per se. I believe in known sources of things grown responsibly, but with chemical or fertiliser input as and where required, but probably not as routine, if you see what I mean. So that if, if you've got a problem, you sort it out. I'm, what I'm about not... the taste of the egg and the... I defy you to tell the difference. It's more about what the chickens get to do apart from eating their layers mash or whatever that, that changes the taste in the egg. What, so let them out in the garden? So if they're out in the garden scratching around amongst this, that and the other and nick a bit of bird food and rootle up a bit of flower bed, then the eggs will taste a lot richer. For those of you who've wondered why layers mash is called layers mash, because layers mash is for hens that lay. Layers mash. Good, that's as clear as mud then. So now we've got two new products. Well, we've got a number of customers who are breeding their own chicks for whom we now do a chick crumb mix, which is essentially a standard chick crumb with bokashi added. And we also do a grower 
pellet, which is a slightly different formulation. Again, we've added bokashi to it because of how that helps the chicken's digestion and makes for less smelly chicken manure. So that's for before they've started to lay, basically? That's either for before they've started to lay or for those who are keeping them for meat. And you can also use it when they aren't laying. So that Uh sometimes, or quite a lot of times, chickens in the wintertime will slow down and even stop laying. And at that point, you can feed them growers rather than layers. (laughs) You know the moment when the chicken has, in fact, finished laying? And by that, I mean... He is to lay no more. I think the technical term is laid out. (laughs) Have you got a food like that's for that, like a laid out mash? Well, no, what you feed your... Or a sympathetic mash? It depends, depending on what you're intending to do, but the grower's pellet would be the perfect solution for your laid out situation. Whether you intend to make chicken soup at the end of your laid out phase is entirely up to you but that would uh, suit that situation sorry about that Layla I know that you are currently still laying very well you're laying me an egg every day if you'd just like to make sure you've laid it in the same place I'd be very grateful because those of you who've received barley straw lately will be glad to know that Ron has found all the eggs in the barley straw and not posted them to you Um, But they could have, because that's where the darn thing decided to lay. I fear that Toast and Jam have also discovered a source of eggs, given how many I've seen them eating. I'm afraid so. My favourite thing in the catalogue is almost certainly the standing orders, because I really like the idea of taking the pain out of people's ordering, and we do birdseed on a standing order. And apart from that, of course, I like to take your money regularly and as ricardo's not here i can do as many adverts as i like so here we go into the wiggly advert phase in this week's new catalogue you will find brand new british mix at only seven pounds oh the phone stopped me never mind from wiggly wigglers lower blakemere for another week it's buy from me and buy from me It's Richard phoning in to stop me from putting the advert out. <laughs> Time for a Montecast, a weekly fact on wiggliness. Take it away, dear boy. The Montecast, a weekly fact on wiggliness. Rachel at Wiggly Wigglers lets her goldfish out in the cattle troughs in the summer and brings them in in winter. Another Monty cast next week. Thank you very much, Monty, for another week. If you'd like to listen to more Monty casts, then you need to go back through our back catalogue. And to get that, you go to www.wigglywigglers.co.uk forward slash podcasts because on iTunes, you'll only get the last 15. If you want the secret address that gets you every single podcast downloaded automatically on your computer first of all step one make sure you're ready to receive squillions and squillions and squillions of podcasts that take up tons and tons of space secondly step two email 
heather at wigglywigglers.co.uk and I will send you the secret address that is just available for raving rural Wiggly fans. I think it's relevant to consider the mental effect of downloading 214 Wiggly podcasts at one sitting and preparation is everything, I feel. (laughs) If you're going on holiday to a really, really bad place, this is it. Or Harry Potter film. Or EastEnders. EastEnders. If you're going to watch that, then Wiggly Podcast is what you need. Um, okay, so new catalogue, watch this. Sorry. New catalogue, listen to this. Landing on doormats. <laughs> that has got to be the best outtake of all possibilities. Here's the new catalogue, watch this. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs>